1: Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Penning. Got ourselves a little Seahawks preview. We got a new QB who's going to be playing for us. We'll have Danny King on later for our fantasy draft and giant factors. Um, And then we have Alistair Corp, which is an awesome name, just having your last name. I asked him before I interviewed, he's a Seahawks um, writer. I asked him, I was like, is your actual name Corp? Or is that like something you put on Twitter?" He's like, nope, that's my actual name. I was like, damn, I got I kind of want to change my Twitter name to Bobby Corp. Mm. Anyways, Justin,
0: how you doing? We'll all be part of the Corp family, and together we'll be a bunch of corpse. I don't want to be a corpse. It was a bad bad joke. Hi, Bobby Skinner. I don't know if this week was long or this week was short because it's funky because I feel like some people had off on Monday. I had off on Monday. Um, Strange week especially without you know analyzing this football team, talking about this football team, not knowing if our starting quarterback is going to be playing. So that's a little funky. This is probably one of the most exciting games of the season to really see what this Giants team is about when they're in first place in late December. So... When there's also apprehension and there's a little bit of confusion, there's also a lot of excitement. I'm very excited to see how this game unfolds this Sunday. Excited for the week to end. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. It'll be interesting with Colt McCoy, which we'll start off with. But before that, Justin, this episode is brought to you by, who we were just talking about before this, Christopher Thompson. We did basically a five-minute analysis on the name Chris before this. So he, <laughs> he that's the, some of the perks you get. Victor Cortin, What's going on, Victor? I used to live on Victor Road. In fact... I moved over there from there over a year ago, but still my billing addre- my address, my address uh, my, like on my bank is still on Victor Road. So anytime I'm like, I have to do a different billing address than shipping address every time I buy something online. And I've refused to go and change it. John Chang, Mark Sorokin, Soracha Sorokin, and Eric Olson. Justin, who are these mamma These
0: new... Batch of Jamas went to patreon.com backslash talking Giants. And for two hours a month, they gave their support to watch the shows and watch the podcast as we record them live. You get access to the shows as we record them and early access. You also get early access to other things like talking Analytics. I try my best to upload talking Analytics, whether it's really late at night or really early in the morning before I make everything public. You also get access to uh, monthly shirt raffles two times a month. Patreon.com backslash Talking giant is always fun, especially when we win and when we're in first place. Bobby Skinner, we are playing the Seattle Seahawks this weekend.
1: And we're playing probably without our QB, Daniel Jones. Before we get into his talk, because I do want to talk about Colt McCoy, and I have some takes about Colt McCoy. Daniel Jones, he was bouncing around a little bit in practice, throwing the ball around.
0: Gives me hope. It gives me too much hope. I don't like it.
1: Okay, well, I'm glad that we're on the same page, because I see... I'm not of the mindset of, like, oh, he has to just rest and heal, and he has to let him get an extra week. Too um, many people you know, have said that, by the way. You know, this isn't a team we're probably going to beat anyways. I'm totally opposite. Football players play football. So if he feels like he can play, even doesn't mean it has to be 100%, but if he feels like he can play and it's not a risk to himself, Daniel Jones should play.
0: I don't like this talk of... We could afford a loss against one of these NFC West teams.
1: Exactly. I mean, I'm on
0: the I don't, same page. Like, you, you play to win the game. And you trust the trainers. Now, I'm saying this is – now, I'm saying trust the trainers, and this is the same guy that criticized the Giants training staff to no end when maybe maybe it's a different training staff. I don't know if it's the same people. But when last year they threw out Sterling Shepherd with a broken thumb. Was that last year or this year? That was
1: last year in camp. Dude,
0: what a What a time. What, what? How? How time flies! that—that that feels like it was yesterday. Um. But when they were throwing Sterling Shepard out there a week after he breaks his thumb and he's catching a football, so I criticize them to no end. But also now to spew my narrative, I am saying trust them. If he is ready to rock and roll and he is ready to play the game of football, you know maybe he can't take read options to the house. Okay, I'm fine with that. The RPO is still there, and maybe he can't roll out of the pocket. Fine. Seattle Seahawks. Uh. Last time I checked. Aren't necessarily a defense that's very fearsome. In fact, Bobby, we said this about Cincinnati, how they were the least productive and talented defense the Giants have gone up against so far this year. I'm not gonna go as far to say that the Seahawks are the least talented, they're not, but they they are they are the least productive defense in terms of how well they have done as a group in 2020. They have been the least effective defense that the Giants have faced in 2020. And, and if you really think about it, Bobby, we've had what? How, ma- how many games have we played? 11? We've had 11 football games, and we have only played two below-average defenses. Cincinnati last week and Dallas the first time. Every other defense that we have played has been above-average. And that's not an excuse to stink offensively, but in those two games where the Giants have played below-average defenses, they've performed well. So that's why when if Jones can play, you play him. It's one of the reasons why.
1: Yeah. But, and, but let's be real. He's probably not going to play. It seems like he's not, he's going to miss this game. I mean, everyone, everyone who's connected has said like, he's likely going to miss this game. So that means Colt McCoy is going to be his starter. What are your thoughts on Colt McCoy? Cause I think Colt McCoy is a good backup QB. Like when they signed him, I was like, good signing. He's a good backup QB goal. I don't understand this idea that Colt McCoy is like incompetent. He can come in. He's been around for a while. He can run an offense. Um, He's played with bad teams in Washington and the Browns. Now, I'm not saying that we're some great team. Seven and twenty-one as a starter. Uh, his last time, he like he started four games in 2014. I mean, he completed over seventy percent of his passes. Four touchdowns, three interceptions, 250 yards per game. He's not incompetent. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and light it up, but I can I I trust Colt McCoy to go out there and be competent. I'm not like. I uh, you know I'm not living in fear of him playing quarterback for us. Obviously, he um he had that miss on the swing pass to Deion Lewis last week, but you give him a week of preparation, uh, I, I I there's no reason to think Colt McCoy can't go out there and run the office. Like I said, he's not going to be the same guy as Daniel Jones. He's not going to put up that production, but I think he's a good enough, like I think I think we have a good backup QB situation is what I'm saying.
0: We would certainly feel a lot worse. Uh, no, no offense to Alex Tanny, Bobby, but we would certainly feel a lot worse if Alex Tanny were starting this Don't game. Don't say that. Or if Kyle Lula was starting this game. Yes,
1: Kyle Lula. You can say Kyle Luletta. or Davis well, Webb.
0: Let's let's say Kyle or Davis Webb or Ryan Nassib. Ryan Nassib or Carl Nassib. We or would Rep feel a Bomar. lot worse. Joe Webb. We um, would also feel um, Joe Dirt. We would feel a lot worse if Joe Dirt was starting this game as well. Colt McCoy, he was Owen. Oh, he was Owen two in twenty eighteen. But that that Washington team in twenty eighteen um, was a solid football team. And he in twenty eighteen nice-
1: they they went to Wash in Dallas on Thanksgiving, so they had literally he had three days of prep for that Thanksgiving game, and they scored twenty plus points in that. And then he got hurt. He got hurt the next game, and yeah. she only threw four passes in that next game.
0: He has a sixty percent completion percentage on his entire career, which is not bad. Say it again. He has a sixty percent completion percentage in his entire career, like out of all of his ten years and all these different teams. Yeah, and he's been in the That's league a long bad.
1: time too. You know, the league is like, like I said, this isn't like some like Colt McCoy hype right that I'm trying to do right now. No, what I'm just, what I'm saying is that he is not some like lame duck QB out there.
0: This is the thing I don't know. I don't know the type of playing style he really has. You know, I'm the type of guy where I like to look at like the the data and the air yards and um you know how far is a quarterback targeting down the field and how often, you know, maybe what's his on target percentage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those things that pro football reference or next gen data can tell you. But there's not really that for Colt McCoy. So I'm kind of going in a little blind, but you are right. I mean he he I feel much better about Colt McCoy and the Giants at least their chances to play somewhat of a competitive game. And it's mainly going to come down to the defense, though, and we'll talk about that. Good podcasting segue, maybe. I don't know. Um, I want to but, talk about the offense a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about the offense. But you feel much better about Colt McCoy than any other Joe Schmo backup quarterback we've had the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's – well, we had Dan- we had Eli to- Manning as a backup. Eli TV Manning, last year, I, I apologize. Was... Yeah. Which, think about that. Like, Daniel Jones got hurt last year, and there was, like, almost a little bit of excitement. It was like, you you know, you want Daniel Jones to get as many reps as possible, but there was a little bit of, like, hey, we
0: get to see yeah. Eli again. But I just don't know. I mean, at, at least, you know, what we knew what Eli as a backup quarterback was was going to be. You know, he was going to run Patrick's offense that he ran in 2018. I don't know what. Colt McCoy is going to be in Jason Garrett's offense. Yeah, my worry is Garrett's going to really neuter this offense. <laughs> correct. That's my worry. Because what because what we have seen the last couple weeks, we have seen Daniel Jones making adjustments at the line of scrimmage. And I think Colt McCoy is smart enough to do that as well. But Daniel Jones is making adjustments at the line of scrimmage for the purposes of throwing the ball down the field and making big plays. And I, I just don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't know where where is the big play going to come from. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Darius Slayton has kind of been missing.
1: His last touchdown pass was on four
0: verts. So, uh, I don't know where the big play is going to come from. Who Who is going to be the guy that's going to separate himself this weekend? I don't know. Run four verts. That was the last,
1: last Colt McCoy touchdown pass came on four verts.
0: Oh, it's your favorite that? play.
1: It's not my favorite play. But it's it's uh, it's my favorite play to open up a defense and o- open it up for my other favorite plays.
0: So is it, is it one of your top five favorite plays though?
1: No, because I like creativity. There's nothing creative about four introverts.
0: Do mm. some fancy checkdowns.
1: Yeah, I like I like flood. Co- anyways, what are we doing here? Flood uh, concepts. Those are my favorite. I feel like those are. Like, those are good. All right, what are I we doing? I feel like
0: the... No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wasn't the... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I was looking at the next-gen player dots because um, they all do the player tracking data. So the Evan Ingram play on the first drive of the game against the Bengals, I feel like on the left side of the field, you had a flood concept because there were guys that were just crossing all around. Is that what a flood concept is?
1: Nope. Flood no, is totally you're attacking right. one side, shallow, intermediate, and deep. It's basically, it's basically a go route um a ten to fifteen yard out and then a flat or whip or something. So basically
0: got it. I remember it in Madden now. I remember it. It
1: isn't Madden. That's that actually is a play that's in Madden. Or you could do a corner post on or, or not a corner post, a corner. All right. I think Deion Lewis is gonna be involved in the passing game a little more. Oh, Deion Lewis.
0: Well, he was last week and then he No, did he drop a touchdown? No, Colt McCoy missed him. Yeah, Colt McCoy missed him. Colt McCoy we just
1: him. fawned over Colt McCoy, he missed him on a, on a check down <laughs> for a touchdown.
0: <laughs> he, was, he did say this week that he was rusty. He said this week that he was rusty. He wasn't expecting to go in. And this week, he's, he's gotten the reps with the first-string starters. And there is a value to that.
1: Yeah, there 100% is a value. Let's talk about... Oh, and Carlos Dunlap, probably going to be out. We talked about that in the interview. Yeah. Defense. This I can't wait to see what Patrick Graham does against Russell Wilson. This isn't me predi- like. This isn't me predicting that we're going to go in and shut down Russell Wilson, but I do think Russell Wilson will throw an interception this week. And, and you know, Russell Wilson's interceptions have come against blitzing, and I don't think that's what we're going to do. I think it's going to be Patrick Graham doing different things to get Russell Wilson to do that. But the difference is between Russell Wilson and Wilson – he'll just buy time if he doesn't understand like if he doesn't if he doesn't diagnose what he's seeing right away he'll buy time and then it'll break down and then you'll have those big plays so like I said this isn't me expecting us to shut down Russell Wilson but I I really like Patrick Graham as a defensive coordinator I am excited to see what he draws up this week
0: the Giants biggest strength this year has been keeping everything in front of them they are ranked third in the NFL according to Sharp Football Stats, and Sharp Football Stats considers an explosive pass play of a pass play that results in 15 or more yards. That is what they consider to be an explosive pass play. Giants are third in the NFL, where they've allowed the third least amount of explosive pass plays in 2020. That is a dramatic, dramatic turnaround to 2019, where they were less than the National Football League in allowing explosive pass plays down the field Uh, that is a dramatic turnaround and and in my opinion not to totally just simplify the game of football I think that's the reason why the Giants defense has been so so good they've been one of the teams that has allowed the most average time of possession per drive they're allowing drives down the field kind of but they're limiting the explosive play and they're bunk and they're buckling down in the red zone and they're only allowing three instead of seven So the strength of the Giants is once teams cross the 50-yard line, they buckle down, and they do not allow big explosive pass plays. The strength of the Seahawks offense, Russell Wilson, one out of every four passing attempts overall, are going for 15 or more air yards on first down. That's a crazy stat. That is (laughs) a crazy stat. You know, and you compare that to the Giants where, you know, uh, that's almost pro- – it's probably in half. You know, it's probably you – know, I'm a, uh, like, go uh,
1: downfield guy. That is nuts that how yeah. how often they are attacking
0: that. I but mean, even that- listen to this. But even listen to this. On first down, and, you know, this is the whole – this is part of the whole movement of let Russ cook, right? You know, I've, I've made reference to it during our game picks this year. But the whole part of let Russ cook is having that – such a high pass rate on first down, being aggressive on first down, not just waiting for third down and trying to establish the run on first and second down. But on first down, Russell Wilson, 25% of his passing attempts on first down are going at least 15 air yards. It's crazy. It's crazy. But they also throw 17% of the time on passing attempts on first down. They're going to the left sideline. Hint, hint, Patrick Graham. They like to throw it to the left sideline on first down. So there you go.
1: He's the second best QB in the NFL.
0: Yeah, he's first in CPOE. He's the most accurate. And it's crazy that he is throwing the ball deep at such a, a large rate, high rate. But he is also, according to CPOE, and I talk about CPOE, completion percentage over expected every week. It basically measures accuracy. He has also been the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. So with all of that, I am super pumped. But also super nervous yeah. to see to see how the Giants are going to do against Seattle. Because this undoubtedly is the best offense they are going to face all year. And it's undoubtedly the best quarterback they're going to face all year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he I mean, he like I said, he's the second best QB in the NFL. So I'm I'm in the same boat with you. Where it's like I'm excited to see what happens, but I'm also like, you know, if we give up if we give up thirty eight points, I'm not gonna be surprised either. You know.
0: But they have not been playing elite as of late they have not doesn't mean they can't though no it doesn't mean they can't but it also doesn't mean the Giants can't step up to the occasion yeah that's why I'm excited we're on the same
1: page man like it's it's gonna be a show I wanted to talk about Kyler Fakra, but you hinted that he may be a little bit involved in your giant factor
0: yeah just know that we're without him and that stinks but Patrick Graham probably does have something up his sleeves where the offensive line, you know, the offensive line of the Seahawks, uh, the, the Seahawks offensive line can be penetrated a little bit. They, I, I believe in these interior defense alignments. So that, that may be, it's a little hint to, to later in our giant Is Nico Lelos
1: your giant factor? No. Okay. So since he's not, he was actually good. He only played eight reps, but he had like a couple good pass moves in there. He had another good play in pass and coverage. I, listen, listen, Eight plays, don't overreact. Um, but like when I went to go watch go through the defense, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this guy, he actually like did he didn't just catch a deflected interception. Like he kind of made some plays, which was really surprising to see. Yeah,
0: and Carter Coughlin, it's actually very funny. We were talking about oh, so off-ball he's not line. it either. We were taught talk- no. Carter Coughlin's not it either. I was, I, that's um, what
1: I was thinking. Was it was gonna be Carter Coughlin.
0: No, 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 no. He's it, that's a good one. It's an it's an underrated honorable mention giant factor. But Carter Coughlin. It's funny how during the draft process we were talking about off ball linebacker um, a couple of days ago, and we and it's uh, analysts and scouts were saying that Carter Coughlin is going to be a better off ball linebacker than he is edge rusher. And then I think they Bobby, we were that? watching. I, I I remember that. I remember they, them saying that he's that he's better suited to be an off ball linebacker. I disagree. I, well, I think we both disagreed with that because we said that this dude's a really good and productive edge rusher. But the Giants, they were, the, I believe, Carter Coffin had like twenty two snaps. I maybe a quarter of them, half of them, were him dropping back into coverage, and he was very smart about it. The way that he would disguise it. Uh, Danny King highlighted today on when Darnay Holmes had that big QB hit it was actually Carter Coughlin to hesitate and he made he forced the tackle to look at him right in front of him so Darnay Holmes could right run right around the edge and then uh Coughlin was able to drop back into cover so Coughlin has been a very smart and instinctual football player in between him being productive when he has to when he when he rushes the passer and then also dropping back into cover so that's been kind of fun to see too so both Lelos and uh Carter Coughlin doing some nice different things that isn't just getting to the quarterback, but also helping out the back end in coverage.
1: Yeah, my Minnesota people love Carter Coughlin. Um, in fact, Cam Brown has like, like I, 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 think Cam Brown is more of a project. Actually, is your giant factor Cam Brown? No. Okay. Well, I was avoiding this whole topic, and I don't have to now. Uh, I wanted to talk about all three of those guys, so you're just setting me up. Cam Brown, I think, is like more of like a fit for um, Patrick Graham. I think he's a little raw, but I mean, you remember after the draft, like I think Carter Coughlin is more ready to play football right now. I um, mean, he's got multiple passports. From he's small. He, you know, he needs work. Um, but you know, like Carter Coughlin has, like he, he's, he's a, you know, he. I thought he was more pro ready than Cam Brown. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how those right. guys. Are, I mean, those guys are going to be used a ton.
0: Yeah. Well, they they have to. Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, Carter Coughlin is going to
1: play over fifty percent of the snaps on Sunday.
0: But. But, and this, so this is the final reference we'll make to that, to to the Giant Factor. Final one that we'll make. The three defensive linemen formation is going to be absolutely key, and then you're going to have your edge rusher on the outside, and I think you're going to, ha- you know, you'll have your Le- uh, Leonard Williams, he may be standing up on the edge, but he's technically a defensive end.
1: Oh, I know who your and Giant then
0: Factor is now. you'll have your two interior defensive linemen, but there's somebody out of the crop of interior defensive linemen we have, there is somebody who rushes the passer at an under in an underrated way that could be better than some of the other options that we have. So three into three defensive lineman formations, one edge rusher formations. I think we're gonna see a lot of that.
1: NC State's finest. All right, let's kick it to the interview of Alistair. I had to do it, I'm sorry. Um just too many context clues. I mean it processes elimination. <laughs> uh interview with um uh, all Al- Corp. Great name. In fact, he's a big. He saw the Trailer Park Boys thing, and we talked about Trailer Park Boys like five minutes before the interview. So, oh, I love that. Here is Alistair. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work, play fast, play fast. Whoa! Ah. All right. We now welcome onto the program. Uh, he writes for SB Nation's Seahawks branch, the Field Goals deputy editor, Alistair Corp. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How's it going? good um you know just a little behind the scenes alistair noticed the you know the trailer park boys logo so we had a nice five minute trailer park boys conversation um so now we're best friends yes, i started snapping my fingers asking for smokes and then went off the rails a little bit <laughs> I, know, I know man we could we could spend 10 minutes on that people want to hear <laughs> about the seahawks um so i'm going to start with some bland stats um the, the seahawks have four turnovers and eight wins 10 and the three losses now obviously not turning over the ball is good but turning over turning over the ball is bad but what is what was like leading to some of those turnovers i mean we saw wilson start out hot and not to say that he's not hot right now but what were teams doing that led to him throwing some interceptions
2: yeah, that was a really weird uh, couple weeks span for him there where he almost went back to, to old habits that kind of predated uh, Brian Schottenheimer's arrival where wasn't a great pocket passer, uh, had a tendency to get a little bit flustered under pressure, and he'd do this thing where it almost looked like a turtle going into a shell. Like once the pressure hit, he, did, he just didn't really do anything. He kind of fell apart, um, and he kind of reverted to that really oddly. Um, we haven't seen it since early 2018, really. Um, started doing that again couple weeks ago in Buffalo and then it extended into into the Rams game um, so that was kind of just like a weird blip but uh, it was like heavy blitzing blitzing was getting to really bad um, and they weren't making any adjustments it was the uh, the Sunday night football game against the Cardinals uh, in about like the fourth quarter that's when they started blitzing and and they just didn't adjust and it took them about three weeks to adjust to things um, and that's kind of what led to the offensive blip there uh, and they, they seem to have corrected things now and those turnovers I, I think would be a kind of a thing of the past because it's not anything that's ever really been a big part of Russ's career um, which is why I'm, I'm kind of more happy to write it off as, as a weird one-off thing.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, we have a defense coordinator in Graham who, you know, he, he likes to do different types like disguise. Like, he just tries to disguise coverages. So, trying to get an idea of, of what's been happening with Wilson. I mean, he's he's been playing it at an MVP level. Um, and, I mean, he's just been killing it this year. Uh, I, I it's, it's, it's kind of funny. People are like, oh, the Seahawks kind of going off. It's like they're still the number two team in the NFC right now and, and have Russell Wilson. So, you guys – You guys still look good. Metcalf, which honestly, I didn't think Jim Schwartz saying he wasn't Calvin Johnson was the biggest slight in the world, but he's balling. And the Giants have a cornerback in James Bradbury who was – I mean, he shut down basically every opponent he's had. Um, Metcalf's been good pretty consistently except for, you know, like uh, I think the Arizona game he didn't do much. What is like the the – what is it that like – is, is there to like kind of negate what Metcalf does like because James Bradbury in a top corner is it just simply him like just being big and going up and getting passes or I mean what's what's led to Metcalf's success besides being
2: big and fast I mean I think something that really goes uh, under the radar with him because like you said he is just such a ridiculous athlete um, is his intelligence like pretty much right from the jump last season his intelligence was obvious where you know, if he was running like a slant or a dig where he'd be going over the middle of the field, he'd sell cornerbacks going vertical first. Like he'd always give them a vertical step before before cutting inside. And it basically made cornerbacks bail because they're just so weird at speed. Um, so he has a really good kind of understanding of his limitations and how to kind of mitigate those to, to maximize his strengths. Um, so he's just he's a really, really intelligent football player. And, and that's kind of how he he you know, there's the the, the big. uh conversation before the draft last year was three cone drill and you know there is like a lack of agility in this game but you know it's high level football intelligence that kind of allows him to mitigate those athletic limitations um but i think bradbury is the kind of corner who who as well as any cornerback really can will be able to limit him because he's a little bit bigger body like he's not afraid to get physical and we've seen you know patrick peterson plays well above his size and he's given him troubles through through two years and then obviously jalen ramsey pretty much shut him down a couple weeks ago so I, you know, I, I think of any corner outside of kind of Ramsey, we'll be able to give him problems. Like Bradbury is a guy that can do it. So so that's a matchup I'm really looking forward to actually. Yeah, I mean, that's that's for us.
1: The issue though is you guys have Lockett on the other side, you know, where if for us it's like, oh, we're not afraid of any number one wide receiver. But now you got Lockett on the other side. It'll be interesting to see how the Giants game plan for him or Pitt Bradbury on an island. Um, how's the Seahawks O-line look? Obviously, you know, we've talk, everyone talks about Russell, Wilson, uh, you know, the, the wide receivers. Uh, how, how's the O-line this season?
2: Yeah, the, the O-line's performed quite well. Um, definitely, I mean, especially relative to to where they were early in Wilson's career. Um, this is, I guess, year three of, of Mike Solari, who, who was the offensive line coach in, in New York previously. Um, and he's kind of shown... You know, once he gets his guys in and he's able to coach them up, um, that they perform really well. Um, like D.J. Fluker, when he left the Giants, came to Seattle that first season. He was really, really good for the Seahawks. Uh, Mike Kapati last season, really good for the Seahawks. And then this year, it's pretty much left to right, completely kind of Solari guys. And and it's shown it. they played really well. Um, they just got Ethan Post's bat, who is their center. Uh, and, and without him in the lineup, they definitely struggle a little bit. And I think that's kind of what led to the issues picking up the blitz because then it was kind of all on Wilson to make those protection calls. And it's not something he's done consistently because before the series had the same center, almost his entire career. Um, And so that definitely was a little bit of a struggle. And then now they're without Brandon shell, the right tackle. And, and that was heinous on Monday night without him. Um, Cedric of in his place uh, was absolutely awful and it doesn't look like shells going to get back. So, so right tackle is definitely a little bit of a weak spot right now uh, until shell gets back. Right. Speaking of injuries, I saw um,
1: Carson and then Hyde on the injury report. Is that something like where they're, you know, in danger of not playing is there, or they're just kind of getting on the injury report for the year?
2: Yeah. Carson just returned this week. He missed about a month with a, a foot sprain. So it's still that foot is making him pop up on the injury report, but um, the guy gets so worn down over the course of the year that, yeah, I'd imagine he'll show up on the injury report pretty much um, the rest of the way. Just, they're going to manage him They They probably won't have him practicing every day. Uh, and then, yeah, Hyde, it's another new thing. Um, he had been off the injury for about two weeks. But, um, yeah, no, I, I can't imagine Carson won't go because he he went last week. And so I, I'd imagine they'll probably just limit him throughout the week and then kind of cut him loose on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and he played well in that Monday night game. And then another guy, Carlos Dunlap, we, you know, uh, is, is it more – is he kind of like – is he actually in danger of missing or is it just, you know, he's done bothering him?
2: Yeah, to be honest, I don't expect him to play. Um, that isn't necessarily any sort of like – inside information. It's more so just like 10 years of being able to read what Pete Carroll says and what he really means when he's saying the things he says. Um and so it, it doesn't like it doesn't sound great for Dunlap. Um, you know, it doesn't sound absolutely brutal. But if he misses like a week or two, I wouldn't be surprised. Um and then, you know, truth be told, if you're looking, I mean they have like a pretty easy schedule down the stretch regardless but if you're looking at like giants on schedule and you're the seahawks like if have gonna have to miss a game it, you know if it's against cole mccoy all due respect
1: <laughs> you know i don't know man we're the best four and
2: 17 there's ever been <laughs> hey, somebody's got to come out of that division
1: <laughs> i know man it's been it's been such a re- starting out zero and five you know we've always made the joke that the giants you know every time they start own and two it's like you know what the 07 super bowl team went own and two so if we can make the playoffs we'll Anytime we start at 0-4, 0-5. Like you know, that 2020 team started 0-5.
2: There you go. And honestly, like the, the 2010 Seahawks, which they won the NFC West at seven and nine, that's still one of my favorite teams in my life. So enjoy it. Maybe maybe the Giants go to the playoffs and, and steal a game. That's fun. Oh, we're having as much fun as
1: possible, and we are citing that Seahawks team. I mean, that's that playoff game was one of the most exciting playoffs games of the you know, I guess it's a decade ago now, but exactly. Yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun one. You know, you get the Beast Mode run out of it. Um, the defense for the Seahawks. Everyone says, like, oh, it's the worst defense in the NFL. It's the worst defense in the NFL. Well, one, is that overblown? or in two, And with that, what is it? Is it, like, big plays that are killing the Seahawks? Are teams just dinking and dunking down the field and, and just able to just run their stuff? I mean, what's been the issue for the Seahawks defense that you know has a couple of playmakers and Adams and uh, Wagner?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say it was overblown. Um, I mean, they were like on pace to not only be the worst pass defense in NFL history, but like exceed the next worst by 800 yards or something. I mean, it was it was really, really badly. Uh, now they started to kind of come back to the pack a little bit. Uh, and, and that was kind of always my my hope for the defense was it didn't need to be like good even. It just needs to kind of, kind of be average, just stay out of the way. Like the offense is just so good that as long as the defense wasn't like actively losing games for them, um, they'd be okay. And, and that seems to kind of be the case now. It was a combination of things. I mean, they were totally unable to get pressure with four four rushers before Dunlap arrived, and so that kind of made them a, a blitz more than they ever had before. And then that was kind of compounding with with the secondary wasn't really gelled yet because uh, they run so much zone coverage that it's it's so communication heavy, both like verbal and and nonverbal um, as far as like whether you're passing guys through zones or or funneling them. So there's a ton of coverage bust, and so that did lead to a lot of big plays because you're having situations where. Like the cornerback would kind of come down expecting the free safety to pick him up over the top and the free safety is somewhere else and dudes just running free down the sideline. And, and it was really, really painful to uh, to watch for a little while there. But I think they're kind of coming back to things now. And, you know, if, if the end of the year you look up and they finish like 21st in total defense, it shouldn't be a big surprise. And, and honestly, that's enough for them to be a Super Bowl contender because, again, yeah, Russell Wilson, the offense is just so good.
1: Yeah, I mean, defenses always catch up with offenses as the year, you know, the year goes on and you see it every single year where and then you'll have these boomer bus offenses and then the end of the year it's like okay they you know people have figured them out a bit um so now i'll, I'll finish off with this alistair who's your number one trailer park boys uh character i think J rock it's gotta be J rock J rock's a good one he's underrated he's under i mean i'm a Ricky guy i'm, I'm a main character like he he's the heartbeat of
2: the show but J rock is a really good one yeah i mean anytime that i'm like cutting a one liter plastic bottle in half and pouring rum and Coke into it, that's what I think of uh, Ricky. But you uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't go wrong with J-Rock, Rock Pilot, and Honestly, anybody in the in the park is, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I, I like it. Alistair, where can people find you? Yeah, man, you can uh, read my work at uh, fieldgulls.com or, or check out Twitter uh, at ByAlistairCorp. But uh, yeah, other than that, it's uh, it's been fun. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, thanks, man.
1: No holds bad. He, he took me in the low post and won, but... I think we had on the varsity. All right. We now welcome on to the program, the weatherman, Danny King, who I have a lot of respect for. Danny King, what's the weather like in Seattle this Sunday? I, I appreciate all the respect that that, that you have
3: for me. Uh, the weather for – I mean, Seattle's always like, what, cloudy, gray? I mean, Seattle's just crappy weather. It's bad.
0: It's, it's very gonna, bad.
3: Yeah, the, it said it's going to be mostly cloudy, so it's probably going to be cloudy. 48 degrees, that sounds like Seattle weather at this may be a little colder but i don't know seattle winds southwest oh what were you gonna say bye no go i just had an idea oh oh, okay five miles per hour the south southwest and then cloud covers 70 percent. so there will be clouds gonna be a lot of clouds and that's just seattle weather
1: cloudy so i was thinking i actually was seahawk is not really a real thing so like the next best thing is a seagull um so i was looking up like seagulls being killed videos um, earlier this week to make <laughs> that has I, I, that is something that is like it's funny to us and like twenty people and then everyone else is like like that's not funny you know um you know
3: since I live out on Long Island I could I could just drive down like a uh, no, road no. by the
1: <laughs> well I was thinking what we could do instead for the Good Morning tweet is like videos of like Starbucks being like um like looted and broken in okay that's, that's good even, that, I think that might be even worse
3: no no
0: that's no, that's
1: totally cl- perfect.
0: It's perfectly acceptable. But, but yes. that's
1: why I'm not going to do it. It's totally acceptable. And we don't, we've got a of limits. Trying, <laughs> that's right. We're trying to see how there's far a we video, can video of so um, it gets in trouble. Now we're spoiling it a little bit, but there's a video of like, they don't have it happening, where it's like a man was like, smacked a seagull with a boogie board and then like broke it. <laughs> I'm going to use that one. So I'll, say, I'll save it. Oh my God. Um, Maybe I'll edit like Colt McCoy in there or something. So that'll be, that'll be fun. <laughs> he morphed his head <laughs> wow. All right, Danny. You don't actually see it. Um, welcome to the podcast, um, people who are now tuning out. So, Danny, <laughs> who, what's your trivia of the week? All right, my useless question of the week this week is,
3: three players have recorded two sacks at a single game against Seattle. What is the name of those three players? Three of them, two sacks. Three of them, two sacks.
0: Gary Reasons. No.
1: Jason Pierre-Paul.
0: One. Oh, Wow, I feel like OC. OC has had a good game in there too. OC did it twice, but I just counted him once. Great, oc's my favorite player growing up. I want to say Tuck, but that's not Kenny it. Holmes.
3: No, no,
0: it's probably a no-name player,
3: correct? Uh, kind of, yeah. Well, not no-name actually. The guy was a beast. Uh, Leonard Marshall. Oh, Leonard, good old Marshall. Leonard Marshall,
2: interior defense. For, for
3: those people who don't know, Leonard Marshall was drafted with the thirty seventh pick of the nineteen eighty three draft. He spent nine years with the Giants, playing in one hundred seventy seven games. In that time, he had six hundred sixty total tackles, seventy nine and a half sacks for the Giants. He then played a year for the Jets in Washington before he retired from the league. Well, so Leonard, Leonard Marshall is one of those
1: old school Giants that I do know, so I, I, I feel good. Like my Giants history from the eighties just isn't great, you know. Like you know, you know, and. Uh, and unlike Del Schaffner,
3: he is alive, for anyone wondering. Yeah, I don't even remember <laughs> yes. who Del
1: Schaffner is.
3: I, I didn't either. I found out he was dead the day I did the trivia question. We, peace, had a, we had a good Del.
0: memorial service for him. We had a good memorial service. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he he would have been proud. All right. Let's 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 get into the fantasy draft. If this is your first time listening to a preview podcast um. We do a four-round fantasy draft of only players from the Giants and their matchups. So this week it will be Giants-Seahawks. I think it's a cool way to just do matchups and have competition. I explain it every time. Um, We do a rotating order. This week, I will be picking first. Danny will be picking second. Justin will be picking last. Justin continues to be in first place. But Danny had a nice... Week 12, he had 41 points while Justin had 22. So now he's only 26 points back. I'm back, baby. Um, I had 24 points back. I'm only 105 points back. Um, so for the rest of the season, I would need to gain 21 points per game to win. So don't I just don't think it's happening this week or this year. There's a chance. Well, playoffs. Playoffs. Playoffs is where I'll make, I'll make up my ground. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, the playoffs. All right. I have the first pick this week. So I want to ask you guys. Danny, who would you pick if you had the first pick? I would pick Darius Slayton. What about you, Justin?
0: I think I would pick... This is tough because I didn't, I didn't prepare for this question. I, I would probably pick Chris Carson. Really? Okay, I think you guys are
1: both wrong. I'm I going Tyler Lockett. I am going Tyler good. Lockett. DK Metcalf, man, he is not good against the best corners. I mean, against Jalen Ramsey, he had two catches. Uh I, I and against Patrick Peterson in two games, he has like six catches for less than 100 yards total. The top corners shut him down. So I'm I'm expecting James Bradberry to shut down DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett is a beast. Um and I I think Tyler Lockett's going to have a big day, so I'm going to Tyler
0: Lockett with my first pick. Are we confirming? And this is with this is just your 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 informed opinion, Bobby Skinner. Are we confirming that James Bradbury is going to be basically shadowing for most of the time? DK Metcalf, I
3: believe so. If he isn't, that's what are you doing? He will literally murder him up on Lockett, too. Yeah, but I mean, Metcalf would murder anyone other than Bradbury. All right, so if my pick, I wasn't going to take Darius Slayton. I was just trying to hopefully not lure you. Yeah, that didn't make much sense. This decision making. I'm taking Wayne Gallman. Wayne. This is a Wayne Train week. It's a Wayne Train week. He's projected twelve points. I Daniel Jones is a start, and I'm saying it right now: Daniel Jones will not start on Sunday. Wayne Train oh. is going to run it down their throats. He's going to run it down their throats, and the Giants are going to rely on him to get the points, get the Giants into better positions. Give me Wayne Gallman, my
0: favorite player on the Giants. I thought you were saying that Daniel Jones is going to play, and I got excited for a second. Nope. No. Do you want to do? Do you want to show us that? Uh... That thing you were showing us before the show about what's happening with your fantasy season you right now? I may not be able oh.
1: to get it, get it off, but we'll see.
3: I, I, I can get it off if you give me exactly one second here. Boom, there it is. Look at that. There we the go. I'm rising from the dead, baby.
0: I'm back. I love it. All right, so for my first pick, um, I guess I did show my hand. I had no idea if I was going to pick first who I was going to go with because I was preparing to pick third. Give me Chris Carson. I don't like that I'm taking him. I don't like it, but I feel there's part of me that thinks that the Seahawks may come out a little conservative, even though they're probably not. Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer may go back to may refer to their old ways of pounding the rock, trying to establish the run. They're not playing Daniel Jones and the starting and a, and a starting caliber Giants offense. So they may try to play a little bit more conservative. So Chris Carson, RB number one for Seattle. They also do have Carlos Hyde, who ran the ball pretty darn well without Chris Carson when he was hurt. But Chris Carson's back, and he looked pretty, pretty good last I just week. Knew so on give the me Chris Carson.
1: I, Carson was number two for me, so that's a good pick for Timmy.
0: Um, so I'm coming back around. I'm sweeping back around. Uh, Lockett is here. No,
1: I took him first. You know, I did a whole thing no, you about You took it, him first.
0: And then who Danny who did you take you took Goldman I'm going to take mm, I believe the James Bradbury effect give me um give me Sterling Shepard give me Sterling Shepard he's going to get his catches we all we all know he's going to get his catches um he's going to get pro- hopefully his targets cuz he's not being he's not going to get targeted deep down the field and Hopefully, it results in some yards and yards after the catch, and Colt McCoy is probably going to be a little conservative, and Sterling Shepard will be that security blank in the middle of the field. It's a
3: low-risk pick. Very low-risk. I like that pick. I would honestly—I think Sterling Shepard's a better pick. To, well, Darius Sladen, I think he's hurt. I will, he's Well, yeah, he's heard he's on the injury list, but he hasn't been his same self since what game was that? Washington? The first yeah, he's Washington also game?
0: On, he's also only targeted deep down the field, yeah. which is— which is crazy to me. I mean, it, it, it may be because he's hurt and he can't get open deeper over the middle of the field, but we're not targeting him over the middle of the field anymore. Everything has been deep down the sideline, which I don't mind, but it need, he needs to be more consistent. We just don't know why.
3: Well, it's a problem when your offensive coordinator doesn't like the throw the ball deep. It's not big Ooh.
0: help.
3: Roasted. Roasted, I got him right there. All right, so if my pick, see, I'm really struggling because obviously – I don't know, like the Giants wide receivers this week are obviously high risk because Cole McCoy. I'm going to take Evan Ingram. He was the lead receiver. <laughs> he was the lead. He was lead our leader in rushing yards last week. Yes, he had the fumble, but it was a great punch by Bell. We all know this. Evan Ingram. He. I think Cole McCoy can utilize him a lot. He, it's, it's a safe, reliable option when he's doing Evan Ingram things and not fumbling the ball or contributing to Giants turnovers, which he does every game now. But Evan Ingram, give me Evan Ingram. I think he'll have a a decent week against
1: Seattle. Okay, so my decision here is one I I'm, I'm picking a New York Giant with this pick. My decision was going to be between Ingram and Slayton. And Slayton let me down last week. I, mean, I took Slayton with my first pick last week. Zero catches, zero yards. Not a good day. Not a good day for the kid. Um, I'm tempted to go Golden Tate. I really am. I I just think there's going to be some type of connection between him and McCoy. I mean, he did have that nice third and like 13 pass that 13 yard pass to him um after Daniel Jones left the game the second time. But I'm going to go Darius Slayton. I'm going to go Darius Slayton here just because, you know, he, he's probably, he's, he is the deep threat. It's boomer bust. And now this guy would have been my pick if I wasn't picking back to back, but I just want to pick a giant first DK Metcalf. I mean, I cannot pass up a DK Metcalf to start off the third round. It would just be malpractice. I mean, imagine if I pass up on DK Metcalf and he has this big game. I'm like, I could have had him in the third round, so I'm going DK Metcalf.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you, he, we gifted you DK Metcalf, and I don't blame him for taking it, even though you, your logic saying DK Metcalf's been shut down by number one corners. He's going to get targets, he's going to get catches because uh, DK Metcalf's a freaking giant of a man. So it's impossible for him not to have catches.
1: So, Danny, you have your third pick.
3: I will be taking Golden Tate. I believe Golden Tate will be Colt McCoy's friend. That will factor into my Giants factor later in the show. So I shall pass it over
1: to Justin. I knew that. Um, Justin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You are a gluttony for punishment. You love taking Evan Ingram. You love taking Golden Tate. Hey, Golden Tate may have a passing touchdown this weekend. Are we going to count it as fantasy points if Golden Tate has a passing touchdown? Yeah. Yes, right?
3: Golden Tate contributed to me last week when I took him, so that's why I'm taking him again. That's
0: right. He did pull in. What was it? Four catches to 30 yards? That's, seven, that's a solid seven points. Golden um, Tate, yeah. Solid day. I am going to be taking... Bobby kind of convinced me of this earlier because there's not really that many great guys left. Um, Carlos Hyde is still there. He could get some carries. David Moore is still there. He's the number three wide receiver in Seattle. He caught a touchdown a couple weeks ago. Tight ends for Seattle. It's kind of strange how will disley was having a bananas year last year then he got hurt and now he's number two in the depth chart he's getting one catch a week give me Dion lewis think he could get some catches
1: earlier in the show i knew yeah, i was yeah, expecting you, lewis to be my the, the default to me in the last pick of the draft
0: yeah yeah so I'm, I'm i'm sorry i'm doing it to you doing it to you bobby Dion lewis and then it's coming back to me I, one more time this, the
1: things i right? do to have a good show where it's like i have this good point and I'm, not, I'm like, I really did not want to say it because I wanted to save him to get the last pick in the fantasy draft. I was like, you know what? I, I, I have a take. I need to say the take. And the things I do if you have a good show. Great. I'm so happy right
0: now. You're you're just a terrible, terrible guy. No, I'm a good guy.
3: Has, That's the issue. I'm too, I'm too good, good, good of a guy, person. That, that gifted Justin a wonderful pick.
1: Damn it.
0: I'm taking David, uh, David Moore with my... Uh, da- yeah, I'm taking David Moore with my final pick. I trust, I trust the Giants' run defense more than I trust the secondary. Which I trust the secondary, but David Moore, um, number three wide receiver for Seattle ha- had a touchdown last week. Sure, take him. All right, Danny, pick
3: Alfred Morris. <laughs> no, I'm not picking him this week. He, he's he's, he's it, the, the the
1: allure of him has died for me now. I'll take Carlos Hyde. Okay. Think about last week. Like We we thought for sure Giovanni Bernard wasn't going to play last week, and then, and he ended up playing for the Bengals. Imagine Carson doesn't play.
0: I harassed somebody on social media because they called me an idiot for saying that Giovanni Bernard is irrelevant and not going to play. And then it came it came to a point where I had to just roll with it because I was like, no, he's irrelevant. It doesn't matter if he's playing. He's just irrele- irrelevant in all caps. And I, I eviscerated somebody. I feel bad. I apologize to that person if you're listening to this.
1: I don't know what to go here. I mean, Will Disley's not even their number one tight end on the roster. It's Hollister.
0: No. He he is the most talented, though.
1: You're really in a crappy position right now. going Alfred Morris.
0: (laughs) There we go. There we go, Alfred Morris. Watch Austin Mack have a 50-yard catch. Or
1: Caden Smith.
0: Where Caden Smith gets Caden Smith gets the touchdown out of a uh, out of thirteen personnel with Andrew Thomas lining up on the right side. It's it's going to be some sort of crazy formation, and Caden Smith's going to get the play action red has zone. Has to be been him.
1: picked this year?
3: No, no, he hasn't been picked once. No, if he was, if you could, if players got points for run blocking,
0: Toy Lolo would have been had some good points. <laughs> run blocking reps.
1: <laughs> oh well. Oh well. I wanted Dion Lewis so badly. <laughs> All right, that's the show. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> really, just threw me off my game. All right, it's time for Giant Factors. I am going first this week, and this guy, man, I'm I'm falling in love with him as a player player. He's a playmaker for this Giants defense. He's a perfect fit. He's keeping Xavier McKinney off the field, and I'm not even mad about it. He's a Patrick. Grant. He's a perfect fit for the Patrick Graham defense. I'm going Logan Ryan this week, man. You're, we're going to have to confuse, to win this game, we're going to have to get Russell Wilson to throw interceptions. And that's why I think if there's someone that's going to do it, that's going to confuse him, it's going to be Logan Ryan because that's the way Patrick Graham has used him. Patrick Graham has used him as that guy who was like, hey, you're going to go from this, you're going to be playing robber, you're going to blitz, you're going to do all types of different things, you're going to come play run support. Logan Ryan, man, I I, I really think he is, has to be a giant factor for this Giants team to get a win on the, on Sunday.
0: Absolutely. Like I said, Giants have defense have done a great job of keeping everything in front of them. Um, and partially, even if, let's just say, even if Russell Wilson is a smart quarterback and he doesn't throw any inter- any interceptions, keeping everything in front of you and forcing Russell Wilson to throw those checkdowns and play the intermediate game instead of targeting guys like Lockett or Metcalf deep, that's going to be key. And if you can disguise coverages, that's awesome. Uh, Logan Ryan is also just a, a, a really cool and genuine human being and an awesome teammate. Uh, Zach Rosenblatt has been writing some really cool stories on him about how he's helping Darnay Holmes. They carpool together. Logan Ryan is also a really cool storyteller as well, how he likes to tell stories about like what's going on in his life during his press conferences. That's the kind of stuff, and this is also a credit to Zach, that's the stuff that I really like to see from, I don't know, just like a beat reporter, but also like looking behind the scenes of a team. Because we really don't know what these guys are like because the season is so short. And everything is so like hyper-focused on football, football, football that we really don't get a chance to see what they're like as a person. But it's been cool to see how awesome of a person uh, Logan Ryan is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he's back. I think he's huge for this defense. Um, That'll be an interesting discussion this offseason on what the Giants will do with Logan Ryan. Yeah. Danny, who was your giant factor this week?
3: All right. So uh, when Daniel Jones went down after the game, I immediately hopped on. The bandwagon is in my bio. My Giants factor this week is none other than the new sheriff in town, Colt freaking McCoy, baby. Look, Cole McCoy, <laughs> there are worse options you can have at quarterback. Like, I know last year we had Eli Manning, but Davis Webb, Kyle Letta, Alex Tanney were our backups for some years. If they were coming in, I would be scared out of my mind. But Cole McCoy... Is a decent backup. I don't need Cole McCoy to go out there and be like the Steve Young replacing Joe Montana or a Kurt Warner coming out there. I just need Cole McCoy to v- avoid the costly mistakes. I need him to utilize that short and intermediate passing game that I believe Gary will have him in in his 2018 game against Dallas. 19 out of his 38 passes were under 10 yards. He doesn't go deep, Ooh. and he did the same uh, the last year against uh, his touchdown was against last year against New England. I think it was 15 of his passes were 10 yards or less. So I just need Cole McCoy to avoid the costly mistakes. I want him to use Gold Tate. Gold Tate is going to be his best friend this week. Utilize him in the slot. You utilize Darius Slade is not going to be his friend this week with the whole deep passes stuff. I just need Cole McCoy to put the Giants in the best position to put points on the board. Rely on this defense to slow down the Seahawks as hard as that possible as that may be. Just don't make dumb decisions, Col McCoy. Give us the best shot to win this football game and set us up for the stretch down the line. Cold McCoy, baby, my Giants factor. Let's
1: go. Has Jason Garrett ran QB counters and QB run plays hurt to hurt Daniel Jones to get a QB who throws 10 yards or less every time? Shannon oh, Sharp and I this. debate next on undisputed. <laughs> next on undisputed.
0: <laughs> stop this. Uh, that was very inspiring, by the way. Thank you. I love I love how you pulled the. The air yards in there. I, I love it. That was that I was had, really I, great work. I, I had to write it all down for so oh, I I, so I, I love smart. it. <laughs> put it in a blog, put it in a game preview blog. Um my giant factor. We we kind of basically spelled that out for you in the first part of the show. Um NC State's finest BJ Hill. I'm kind of taking this take from Dan Schneier. Um uh, he was he was talking about how BJ Hill needs to see a snaps increase. Two out of the last three games, B.J. Hill's snaps have been around the 40% mark. And then two weeks ago, um, or three weeks ago, including the bye, three weeks ago his snap count was around 30%. I can imagine that's going to be up. I can imagine he he may see 50% of the snaps because Russell Wilson's going to be throwing the ball a lot. They like to throw the ball. They have a high pass rate. I kind of want to see B.J. Hill get after the quarterback. If if we had to rank our interior defensive linemen and their pass rushing abilities – I think I would go Leonard Williams number one, B.J. Hill number two. I think I would. Now, maybe Dexter's up there. Dalvin is more of an uh, is more of a nose tackle. He has showed a nice ability to get to the quarterback sometimes, but in terms of a guy that can be consistent if he gets the snaps, B.J. Hill I think can do it. So Patrick Graham's going to be running those three defensive lineman formations, and I think on those uh, those passing downs, it's going to be Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and B.J. Hill all out there. So B.J. Hill, go get after it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, with like you said, with, we talked about before with the Kyler Facker out. They're going to rely on that a lot. So I I, th- I think that's a good giant factor. I may have
3: jumped the gun last year with B.J. Hill when we were doing – just me and Bobby, I was like, oh, B.J. Hill's in line for a big year after that, having five sacks, three of them, which came against the Chicago Bears. He had another sack versus
1: Chicago this year too.
3: I do believe in B.J. Hill, and I believe he does factor into long-term plans. What If whatever happens with Leonard Williams' offseason, I do believe the Giants have the peace – to not fully replace him, but fill a hole. R.J. McIntosh. With he's 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 next him. He, him and Eric Tomlinson are like on the same level. Eric Tomlinson's is on the slinging? Ravens,
1: and he played. Eric Tomlinson <laughs> has played more for the Ravens this year than the Giants. <laughs> it makes sense why he played. You know, isn't it funny hole? that he was in an, like he was a, a healthy scratch every single week. Every week <laughs> we cut him, and then Caden Smith gets corona. That that was karma. He, he, c- Karma's not real. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh boy, I, 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 its something in me that anytime someone says karma, I just always call that out.
0: Ask Bobby about Christmas next. I hate
1: Christmas. I'm, I'm like actually like <laughs> vehemently against Christmas. We actually record a show with the Grinch. Just
3: learned that today. Jim Carrey. Oh,
0: they're showing the Grinch. Uh, Matthew Morrison, who played the teacher in Glee, he is going to be the, uh, oh the Grinch. God, I saw that. In a live, that. in a live version of the Grinch on that's NBC, I think that's next be, week. know well, a Funny story
1: right. about the show Glee. I don't know. So when I was in Minnesota, a lot of uh, the female students, they love Glee, and they would get so into they would get into like the like the TV area, and they would pack around to watch Glee. So then one time, my friend gave me ten bucks, and I just walked up to the TV and started changing the channel in front. They're like, "What the hell?" And I was like, the Lakers game is starting. And, oh, man. They like, that's almost... My- why do you doing? That's almost... My- I mean, they got mad. It was, it was worth it. See, that, 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 that's a fair reason
3: to change it. The Lakers game was on. I mean, a lot of shows are more important than Glee. Not to those people.
0: <laughs> Glee!
3: Not to women at a liberal arts college. All right. But to round it all out, the Grinch on NBC will probably be horrendously bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, it has to do with Christmas. It's bad. All right. Quick picks, quick picks, guys. This is a bad slate of games this weekend. Yeah, it is a really bad slate of games. One, we don't have any Thursday Night Football, which is like a what-do-I-do-with-my-hands type thing. But we do have two Monday night games and a Tuesday game, so I put those all on there. Who's the guest picker? Glock Roach. That's not his real name, but that's what he goes by. He's Glock Roach. The listeners, who will be represented by Glock Roach, a Patreon member every week, uh, they went 5-3 and three last week. They were at 58-36. Danny you went 3 and 5. You have been bad lately. You are 50 40 and 50 and 45. Justin, you're 6 and 2 at 54 and 41. And I am in sole possession of first in place after two good weeks in a row. I went 7 and 1 last week. I am at 60 and 35 with a two-game lead. Listeners just blow, just choking at the end of this season. First game, we got the Lions first game without Matt Patricia at the Chicago Bears. Glock Roach and the listeners. Went lines. He says, teams always find always win the game after coach has been fired. Danny, who do you have? I had to look it up to see who their interim coach was because I didn't know.
3: Daryl Bells is their interim head coach. Ooh, uh, Ch- Chicago's exploding. <laughs> it's bad there. Back now, and he called them out. Seems like the players don't have respect. Alan Robinson wants out, clearly. I thought Mr. Biskey would have done well against the Packers. He uh, literally blew it. Uh, Detroit wins it. Justin,
0: yes, I do believe in the whole. You win the first game without your coach. Let's 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 play for us. Let's play for the team.
3: Except the Giants in 2017.
0: Hey, they don't count. They don't count. Let's we we are all we got. Detroit all day. Detroit Detroit all day. I've been
1: riding the Bears all year, but I'm off. off. I'm off, and I for the same reason as you guys. You always win the first game with the new coach. I'm going Lions. Next games, we got the Browns at the Titans. Glock Roach went with the Titans. He just said Titans beat Browns. Uh, which, by the way, I sent the eight games to Glock Roach, and he did every single game on in there. So I like him. He's an overachiever. I'm going the Titans. The Titans are just a better team. I mean, this, like I said, this week is kind of boring. The, and he went Titans. This week is just kind of boring. It's just some a lot of bad games. I'm going Titans. Justin.
0: I feel like this is an exciting game, though. This is, this is probably the um, most this is,
1: exciting game. That's what I'm saying.
0: The Browns have not been playing good football, but they've been winning. Yeah,
1: Baker Mayfield is kind of bad. Part of me thinks, like, I love what Kevin Stefanski does, but I think it's just so much throwing on the run, and Baker is just not used. Like, I, I guess he's just not. I don't know.
0: I. It's crazy, but you would think coming from Oklahoma, and you know, didn't, he won the Heisman, so. You would think coming from such a spread offense that he'd be used to moving, moving and all just that. You would think that that would fit doesn't him. Doesn't
1: play well. I mean, they're all I mean, their run game is so good. Nick Chubb yeah. is really good. Kareem Hunt has been really good. Their offensive line is really good. They have weapons and it's just like he just can't get the job done. Now, I will give him credit. A couple of their games have been really bad weather. But that being said, I think the Titans are a contender in the AFC, so I'm going
3: Titans. Yeah,
0: yeah they just had a nice win against Colts. Give me the Titans. Danny. That's me pounding right there.
3: Pounding the rock with Derrick Henry giving me the Titans. I'm kind of regretting this pick. Can I change my pick? You yeah. want You want to pick
1: the Cleveland Browns? Let's make this perfectly clear. Well, the thing Your is, is we're just, enemy. we agreed all in the... Uh, you know, you're right, Danny. I'm staying with, I'm staying with the Titans. Next game, we got the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. The listeners are going Rams. Any reasoning behind this? Ramsey locks down Hopkins. He's going Rams. Mm. Justin, who you got in this one?
0: It's not, it's not, I actually like that explanation, but I'm going to go Rams because the Cardinals think we're starting to figure out the Cardinals a little bit. It's, you know, Bobby's, you've been talking about it all year. It's largely Murray with his legs and it's throwing it to Hopkins. And outside of that, nothing is really working consistently. Cardinals offense hasn't been great. Give me the Rams.
1: Danny.
3: Arizona Cardinals. I I believe that I'm going to start the year. I mean, I know they're without uh, Larry Fitzgerald, but I mean, they're good. They're good. Give me the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going
1: Cardinals too. They're just they are the better football team. I get they lost to the Patriots and had some issues. They're not a perfect team, but neither are the Rams. I mean the Rams just lost to the 49ers. I'm going the 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 Cardinals. Next game, we got Saints at the Falcons. The listeners went Falcons. Taysom Hill's third game. His first start was against the Falcons. I'm calling with the Saints. They are a better football team. I get Taysom Hill's not that good. But I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. The Saints. They will beat the Falcons. Even though the Falcons have been pretty good since they fired Dan Quinn. Uh the F- Falcons murdered the Raiders last week without
3: their star yeah, that players. That was crazy. Give me the Atlanta Falcons this week.
0: The ride and high. Who's the home team? The home team the is the Falcons. Oh boy, that's that's tough. That's tough. I wonder what the line is. I wonder what the Vegas line is. Uh, we should. We should. Uh, give me the Falcons.
1: All right, so I'm I'm the only one going with the team that is ten and two. Next game we've had uh,
3: Justin figured the Saints are three point favorites.
0: Three point favorites? That doesn't change it. Give me the fact.
1: By the way, I know that we're on like the Saints right now. Jameis Winston's not a good QB. Can we stop pretending like he's a good QB? He's he threw thirty interceptions last year. Thirty yeah. interceptions. I'm so tired of people pretending Jameis Winston's a good Q B. Like, oh and I get if now if you think he's a lot better than Taysom Hill. You have plenty of merit there. But this idea that Jameis Winston is some good QB, he's not. He is not a good quarterback.
3: That that confused me, everyone just crying for Jameis Winston after last year when he forgot, you said, for 30 he decided interceptions. He signed to be the
1: backup, and, and and Sean Payton said, no, I want Taysom Hill. He's always loved Taysom Hill. But he didn't start him over Teddy Bridgewater, who I don't because think anyone's clamoring that Teddy Bridgewater is that great.
0: If you uh, wanted Eli back after twenty thirteen, after he threw, Jameis is not Eli. <laughs> do don't, don't even
3: make that comparison. That
1: that's illegal.
0: They both threw thirty interceptions in a single season.
1: Eli has two rings. This is the, James, a different NFL. James had bad. James vision. had five years and he did nothing with the Bucks. And I mean, look at the Bucks with Tom Brady, who everyone's like on Tom Brady and rightfully so, but they are a substantially better football team than they were last year.
0: Well, they also have a much better passing defense. I mean, like how, much, pa- how much, how, how much, how much
1: better really is it?
0: Dramatically different. They had one of the worst passing defenses last year. Now they have one of the best passing. Yeah, but defenses what players did they add? Antoine Winfield.
1: I mean, I'm an Antoine Winfield guy, but he's not changing your total defense. Um, he cost us. Jameis lost team, them sure. games, okay. And guess what? Nobody wanted Jameis. That's how you get you tell it who you are. Is nobody wants you. I'm not saying he's better than t- he's not better than Taysom Hill, but. There's a reason why, like Sean Payton is just not playing Jameis for no for no for no reason. He doesn't think he's good. Sh- he's been with them. Sean Payton also
0: Sean Payton also has a weird obsession with Taysom Hill. I mean, he it's, it's starting last out. year
1: over over Teddy Bridgewater though. And honestly, do you think Jameis comes in there if he wasn't told he was the backup? So what changed? It's not like Sean. It's not like Drew didn't get injured last year. Patriots at Chargers. Patriots. I feel like they got something up their sleeves for Justin
0: Herbert. Chargers, throwing the ball deep down the field. They're fun. They'll figure it out. Danny? I believe in the Chargers still. I mean, they're, they're not going to play out, but so I like them.
3: Give
1: me the Chargers. Listeners went Patriots. Washington at Steelers. I mean, like I said, this is a Monday game. I'm going Steelers. Listeners are going Steelers. Danny, who do you got? Trap game alert here, people. Trap game. Washington football team wins it. Wow. That's why you're 3-5 and five last week. Justin, who do you got? And that's another talking point. Like the Steelers aren't that good. Like they're eleven and zero. They had a bad game. They've beaten really good teams in the Titans, the Ravens when they were at full strength. I'm, saying, I'm not saying they're better than the Chiefs, but anyways, I'm just all in on to- on P- on Twitter talking points this episode. I I I don't
3: know what the time is, but I would love to know what the Patriots' schedule in 2007 and 08 was compared to theirs. It's like how different was it? Like I'm just the Patriots.
1: I, they- I mean that team was an elite. Like I'm not saying they're you know, they're, they're with that they're close to that Patriots team. Where it's like, okay, are they, out of the 10 teams that have been undefeated in 11-0, which are like some elite teams, are they on the bottom half? Sure, but that doesn't mean they're not one of the best teams this year.
0: I think Deion Lewis just, th- just threw you off. You haven't been in the same mood since. I'm just,
1: all, I'm just so tired of these, like, Twitter group think-takes.
0: You're tired of the analytics Twitter. Let's let's just call I'm it. Out. Really not. I've let's been just call uh, it Mr. As it analytics is. this year. You 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 have been, but the the J, the Jameis Winston take and and I feel like I don't I haven't seen too many analytics people say, but there have been people that look at DVOA say the Pittsburgh Steelers are like the worst 11-0 team of all time. Which all right, whatever. I could I could live without those headlines. Um, I'm rooting for the Steelers. Give me the Steelers. Bills at
1: 49ers. Listeners went 49ers, which is kind of an upset pick. Justin, do you have anything? Do you got anything on this one? Bills. Good team. I'm going Bills too. Danny, are you circling the wagons? Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo. And then Tuesday night football, we got Cowboys <laughs> at Ravens. Listeners went Ravens. I don't like. Is Lamar Jackson going to play in this?
0: That's that's what I'm asking myself right now. He's allowed to return that game.
1: I'm going the Ravens. The Cowboys will figure yeah. out a way to lose this one.
0: E- even even if they have Trace McSorley a quarterback.
3: Trace McSorley throwing on a dime. Like I ain't even trying. Did he just, make that song, or did somebody make us like, that song about no, him? Some, that, that's, someone made it for. I was it. gonna say, like, dude, if he really actually made this it, song. <laughs>
0: I'm going from- all
3: favorites. All favorites this week for me. that kid from Briarwood. Give
1: me the Ravens. Trace McSorley. RG3, another one who sucks. I'm like, he, got, he, didn't get, he got a raw deal. Did he? He sucks. He, he got hurt. Awful. He's injury prone and he sucks. Oh, Jake Irvin didn't believe him. Well, yeah. Probably rightfully so. Wow. I'm on one tonight. I'm on one. <laughs> wow. And you know what else? To eat, eat a Snickers. I'm so sick of people loving this Seahawks team. Russell Wilson. Let Ross cook. Oh, wow. Do you think of that one on your own? Giants 77. Sounds like someone on the Seahawks call. 0. Bam, bam, bam. Oh. Let's get it. Oh. Giants win. Giants win big.
0: First place. People will start for taking us co-
1: serious. Throw a coffee mug. Any score predictions, guys?
0: What did you just throw? Everything. What were the items you just threw? Everything?
1: Everything that Even- wouldn't break. Like, I didn't throw okay. this because I don't want to break it.
0: Yeah, we definitely would have hurt. I'm gonna so flip fresh. my desk over. <laughs> my my Giants score. Oh no! And this is just as accurate as Snacks' algorithm. My Giants score is unfortunately going to be 27 to 16 Seahawks.
3: I've I've been I I can't not pick them to win after what I've been going on with Cole McCoy. As, and I even put that as my pin tweet on Twitter that the Giants will win whether they have Daniel Jones or not. Giants win. Uh, Give me a... I'm going to go...
0: Low scoring.
3: Yeah, it's low scoring. I'm going to say 17 to
0: 14. Same score as 2007 Super Bowl 42. Believe it and it will happen. And it will happen. And we have a better quarterback this time than that game. What? <laughs>
1: Not not funny. <laughs> a lot of people from your generation would say that
0: Colt McCoy is better than Eli. Manning. <laughs> <laughs> the Eli
3: Manning we watched for a few years. So I mean like,
0: I know man. you're joking, but that
1: is going to trigger a lot of people. You even just
3: make oh
0: it yeah it, yeah, so. yeah yeah yeah. I could see the PFF video tomorrow. Colt McCoy better than Eli Manning, bro. You know, I,
1: d- I wouldn't that, even be surprised. I really. He's wouldn't.
3: gonna. If his PFF grade is better than Daniel Jones for a
0: game, they're gonna run with that narrative. Be like, should the Giants start Colt McCoy? PFF is actually like Daniel Jones this year. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy how it's crazy how PFF likes players that maybe don't put up great. Daniel Jones has put up good production the last 6 weeks. So that that's an exception. But even the first 6 weeks of the season when he was putting up zero production, PFF still liked his play relative to the production. And then players that actually play well, PFF was like, eh, this guy isn't as good as you think." They like
1: to clean up bad box scores and muddy good ones. I mean, that's yeah. that's simply what their goal is. That's great. what they're that's what they go into every time they view and the people that they grade them don't know what they're
3: watching. I'm just amazed how more widespread their usage is in the league this year. Like, the Giants are really pushing that. Well, I mean, they sucked last year. But still, they're pushing. On BFF their account. Yeah. On their account as well. That
1: bothers me every single time. <laughs> All right. That's an episode. We'll see you guys Monday morning with another victory episode. Four games in a row. We are on a three-game win streak. We, we need to talk about that more. We are a first-place podcast. We will be a first first-place first place podcast on Monday as well. We appreciate you guys and let's go big blue.